You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. A is in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. on a glorious Thursday afternoon here in Little Old Adelaide. We're live from Studio Loom OSA right here at number one King William Street in the city and it's all thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Looking forward to chatting to our next guest, his sister, Tess Madgen. She's a friend of the station. She's captain of the Opals. Uh, this man's Uncle, yes, Matthew Rendell, the mm. list guru, didn't he go into bat for him yesterday? And we're about to welcome Jack Madgen from the Collingwood Football Club, well, formerly, who has just flown in from the US today and he's been good enough to chat to us. Hello, Jacko. G'day, guys. How are you going? Uh, really appreciate you jumping on. And commiserations with the delisting. When did you find out and did you know it was coming? Um, well, I, was, I, I had a bit of an inkling, obviously, if you haven't signed... Um, up until that point. Um, I think it was a bit of a 50-50 decision. And um, I've had a few of them go my way um, in my career. And unfortunately, this one didn't go my way. But um, obviously, we had we had some good chats during the year and some, some honest chats with, with my manager and with Riley and Fly. And um, I definitely knew where I was at. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still pretty hard to hear those words. But um, couldn't be more happy and thankful for my time at the Pies. So. I, I know it's if, buts and candy nuts, but you did your shoulder early in the season. Then you broke a hand when you were, you were in the side. Do you think it could have been different without those injuries? Well, um, I guess the ironic thing is um, I had a 10-game trigger for, for an extra year and I, I played nine and did my shoulder. Oh. So, um, yeah, a bit unlucky there, but... Um, like I, I got my chance at the AFL level through some of my teammates um, um, suffering injuries, and mm. um, yeah, unfortunately, I was on the other end of it this time. So, Jake, talk us through the break because you go away from the club because you get your leave. You haven't got a contract. Yeah. So, who delivers the final message? Does Graham Wright, as the club's footy boss, do it, or do you get the call from Craig McRae, the coach? How does that play out for those who haven't lived it? Um, well. Is I, I was I was at um actually a, a little bonfire with my with my wife's family and um I got a message saying um from Riley just saying is all right if we give you a call soon um, I'm here with Fly yeah um and when I got that message I was I was thinking oh you, you're probably not getting a contract if if the head coach is on the call as well yeah, yeah. so um yeah so it was they, they both they both called me and um yeah and they they just. They, they didn't, you know, fluff around with the small talk. They just got straight to the point, which I really appreciate. And, and yeah, like I said earlier, we, we've had a lot of those talks and Fly's definitely made me a better uh, person, a better teammate. And um, Wright has given me, you know, plenty of opportunities. So um, I, I just thank them for their time and 
Um, yeah, didn't. Yeah, definitely don't hold any resentment towards them or the club. I, I had a fantastic time. So, did they, they well, seek any feedback from you? Um, no, not not really. Like, like we, we we definitely we had our conversations during the year and during the finals campaign, and yeah. um, so there, there wasn't really much, you know, much left to be said. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in not burning your bridges. The AFL, yeah. um, I guess, the AFL uh, system is. Like you know, everyone knows each other, and, and those things can get out. But I like I, I had really nothing nothing poor to say, or, or any like I'd already sort of pleaded my case throughout the year, and um, yeah, it was it was it was short and sweet, which 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 I do appreciate as well. Now it won't ease the pain, but hopefully this helps a bit. Every week uh, we have your uncle on, uh, Maddie Rendell, <laughs> the list guru. Uh, I tell you what, he was, up and, yeah, he was up and about <laughs> yesterday. This is what he had to say about you. Uh, yeah. Someone else said, yeah. looking at Jack, Mad- Jack Madgen as well doing the same thing. I mean, yep. Yep. He, was, he was basically the leader of that back, re- uh, back line. He knows the defence mm. inside out. And um, I'd be crazy if someone didn't grab him in, in a sort of a role, development role, and educate the team about that team defence that Collingwood set up because that's been that's been... Fantastic um, when they played in the, pre- uh, the grand final that year and the following year as this year. There you go, nepotism at its best. But oh, uh, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's in your corner. Yeah, no, that's um, and, and it's, it's funny he, he mentioned that development stuff because obviously I want to keep playing at the highest level, and if there's an opportunity to play AFL, I'll, I'll jump at it with both hands. But I'm also, you know, really passionate about. Um, like that development and the mental side of the game, and and maybe coaching or player development manager. Um, so that's definitely something I'd I'd want to get into if if the if the playing career um, were to were to finish. So um, yeah, I guess I guess we're on the same page there, me and Maddie. Now we we know it's only been thirty six hours, and you're going to have to wait until the preseason draft next year. So it's quite torturous. Um, has there been any interest yet? And would you consider a little left field if? Coming to South Australia, if you're approached by a Sandful team, um, uh, yeah, there, there's there's enough interest there, I guess, to um, like to uh, have a little bit of hope. Um, obviously, obviously, I was out of contract um, before the trade period as well, so I, I would think if if someone was really interested, that that might have already happened. So it's a bit of bit of wait and see, and um, yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying no or shutting any doors. Like I said, I want to play at the highest highest level possible for me still um, but also would really like to still be involved in the AFL system in that um, sort of development um, coach, player welfare manager spot so um, yeah that'll have to be something I would have to think about you know in the next week or two because I know those those positions are highly sought after so yeah I haven't, yeah like, like you guys said I only just got off the plane, um, I had a chat to my manager before so um, yeah just working through a few things at the moment, so that's a bit generic but that's probably no, what so I Jack, we, we saw Hugh Greenwood go the other way where he thought he was going to rekindle basketball but he rekindled football where's basketball for you? Oh I love I love watching it, um, you know me and, me and Scott Pendlebury sometimes play one on one at the club and Tom Wilson and I love to say um, I could still play, but yeah. it, those, those days are definitely behind okay. me. <laughs> okay. It's it, it's good fun. I still love the game, but um, yeah. So America, mm. you went away with a few of the boys, did you? Who'd you go away with? No, I was, I was actually my wife's American, oh, right. so I um, went went to visit the family. But I know I know a few a few boys are away. Um, but no, I'm I'm getting a bit too old now for those boys trips overseas. <laughs> so um, 
<laughs> I just went and spent some good quality time with my wife's family. You're only a pup. You're only 29. You must have been proud when Tess was announced captain of Australia. Yeah, um, I definitely sh- shed a few tears. She's like, I think I'm young in my sporting career at 29, being um, only five years into an ASL career. But she's she's 32 and um, just seems to be getting more accolades as she gets older. So. Um, I couldn't have been more proud and, and the way she played and the way the Opals played in that World Cup was, was unbelievable. Um, that last game by Lauren Jackson, who yeah. is, you know, Tess's idol like most of those girls in that team, was, um, I was me and my wife were crying on the couch and she's um, American, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, she couldn't lose. <laughs> so, so, Jake, <Jack, laughs> so now that you've lived Collingwood, tell us what is mystique and what is reality about the Magpies? Um, well, I get like what what you see from the fans is is definitely reality. Um, they're like it's when, when when you're up and going, and you know you hear some of those stories on that way to that Sydney prelim of you know yeah, planes yeah. like pilots not being able to concentrate because the Collingwood chant was going so loud in the in the back. <laughs> like that's that's reality, and some of the some of the best fans in sport. Um, and obviously. On the other side of that, because we are such a big club, and, yeah. and that, um, the, like the media scrutiny does um, follow us, and sometimes we don't help ourselves in that respect. But um, there's that, like there's cameras at the door every day. Um, obviously, not not for me so much, but some of my teammates. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that's. But you know, inside the four walls, I'm I'm sure it's just like any other club or sporting organisation um, in the fact that the boys just you know enjoy each other's company and, and love getting to work. So. Um, it does have it does have its perks with, with with the bigger club, and I'm sure some of the more high fo- high profile players um, reap those rewards. But um, yeah, it was it, it was a great place to be, um, regardless of what was happening out, outside the four walls of the club. Well, Jacko, we were sorry to hear the news 36 hours ago. You're not on your Pat Malone. You're now one of 110 players that have been delisted. We hope that the career continues and we'll stay in touch with you. So fingers crossed and uh, we hope you get over any jet lag you may have now. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's always a pleasure to be on, boys. Um, yeah, I appreciate your time and, um, yeah, in, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks very much, Jack. You're a good man. He comes from good stock. They're a good family. Let's hope he gets another chance. We say that with everyone, Rooch, but uh, he's a realistic chance of being picked up again. We need to go to a break, Roochie, Rooch, Rooch, because we're going to have a chat with uh, an absolute ripper, Katie Mack, Adelaide striker, WBBL star. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Kimbo and the Roots with you on a Thursday afternoon. This is The Run Home. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. We're live from Studio Luno SA. Just a reminder, after five o'clock, more cricket with Nathan McAndrew. We spoke to him last year, Roots. Looking forward to that chat. As I am to the next chat, you know someone must be a pretty good human when they have four nicknames. Oh, okay. this lady is on fire for the Adelaide Strikers. She is set to become only the fifth player ever to reach 1,000 WBBL runs for the Strikers. No, 1,000, Rooch, for the Strikers. Oh, for the Strikers. Yes, do your homework as we're joined by Katie Mack. Hello, Katie. Hey guys, how you doing? All right, let's get into the big issues. These nicknames you've got: K Mac, Mac Attack, K Truck, and Briner or Brinner. 
I actually don't even know what that last one is. So Come I'm on, sure or is that because you that. can't say? No, <laughs> no I, I'm not. I'm actually not sure. You know what? The the nickname I get the most is my full name, um, but it doesn't classify as a nickname. So that will be going around the team, and it'll be you know Me- Megan, Talia, and then Katie Mack. And Katie Mack, Katie yeah, it does Mack. roll off the tongue. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a beauty. I like the Mack attack, and you've been doing a bit of that. Hey, tell us how the season's going. Two games uh, yet to get a W alongside of you. Yeah, I know, but um, it's a big season. So two games in, twelve to go. So, um, and we've known from the past that you're going to have you know lows and highs throughout. So. I reckon we've got those two games out of the way and I reckon we've got some big wins coming at Carabrolton. And Katie, the fixture gets you against Sydney Sixers, who you did play in the mm-hmm. first game up well north, lost by 17 runs. There's small margins that are getting you at the moment where you don't have a win. So is it, what's the little bit that's missing at the moment? Um, I reckon looking back to the last game we played, and it was our first game, and I reckon just a bit of nerves. Uh, first game of the season, ever the first time we're playing together as yeah. a full team, and I think after the second game we felt a lot better. So I reckon it'll be 17 runs our way next time we play. Oh, okay. beautiful. Well, I love well, the positivity. Yeah. You're being kind, Root. 17 runs of flogging in a T20 game. Uh, last <laughs> last Sunday, way, though, was closer against the Renegades. Uh, what could have you done different there? It got down to the last delivery. Yeah, I reckon we just need a few more runs on the board. Probably not quite enough, but it was a good reminder that you don't need, you know, 160 all the time. If we'd gone 130, we we would have walked away with a win. So a couple more runs from our part. Katie, tell us a little bit about yourself. You were born in Sydney. You've played cricket there as well. You've played in Melbourne. We've adopted you. We've stolen you. Uh, take us back to where it all started and when where you grew up. Yeah, I was actually born in Armidale, so country New South Wales, and then Sydney from a pretty young age. And I play most of my cricket now in ACT. So I captain the ACT uh, women's one-day side, um, and I've been there. This is my 10th year there. So most of it happens happens in the nation, uh, nation's capital. Um, and then I come for the two months to, to strikers. Um, yeah. Uh, do you enjoy that? Loaded question. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's, kind of, it's exciting for me. I get to... You know, leave home for two months and live somewhere else and play with a different group under a different coach. So it's all pretty exciting when I and, get here. And did you have a perception of Adelaide before coming here or South Australia? Um, yeah, I'd actually heard it's quite close to Canberra in a way. So it's pretty laid back, mm. uh, not too much traffic. Um, I'd say Canberra definitely wins on the cra- uh, traffic front. But um yeah, a bit more relaxed, uh, has a beach, which is nice, and then the hills the other side. So it's definitely looking, living up to expectations. And have so. you got to see much of the state, or is it all work? I've had a little bit, not so much this year so far, um, but I have done a bit. So um, definitely seen most of the beaches and been down the coast a fair bit and then done a few wineries here and there. Oh, beautiful. Well, you are living the life. You had a year at Essex as well. Take us through that. Uh, sorry, what was that? You had a year at Essex as well? Yeah, yeah. That was, gosh, that was 10 years ago. <laughs> um, when I first came out of high school, I did a sort of a gap year, I guess, and played some county cricket over there. So that was a good experience. And then I got to go back last year and play in the, the 100, actually, the first year of the 100. So uh, almost nine years Ooh. post playing there previously. Now, now, how did that go, Katie, the 100? Because there was a strong determination by the English to make sure that the women's side of the game wasn't lost in the shadow of the men. How did they handle that? 
He was really good. We played mostly double headers, so sort of going back uh-huh. to where we played yep. double headers for for WBBL. I think the difference was there was about half an hour to forty five minutes between the games. So if you're a fan coming to watch, you could come early, especially with kids, get mm. in a game early and, and stay for half of the men's or come for half of ours. It didn't feel like you were waiting around for a long time. So uh, I think they just came out of COVID too. So okay, we had yeah. some big crowds. It was pretty exciting. So it's it's another concept to the short form of cricket. How's it been received? Um, I think everyone's still getting their heads around the actual yeah. format, but in general, they've put a lot of effort in making sure that it's exciting. That you know, there's a DJ there. They're getting <laughs> the big crowds. <laughs> I think that all definitely adds to the experience. So, so many teams, so many squads, and I imagine so many batting partners. Who do you actually enjoy having there on the on the square with you when you're batting? I think from an opening perspective, I've loved our two last overseas opening bats, so Dane and then now um, Dodden. Because they're both so aggressive. It just gives me this bit of calmness that I don't have to go too hard. Yeah. I can just play my game and that they're, they're going to take sort of that more aggressive um, way of like going about it. And then I feel pretty good when I have them, Talia McGrath and Laura Wolvart coming in later. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pretty nice to bat with any international Katie. So you like to be the mainstay then? Who would I like to be the no, mainstay? No, no, you like to be like the rock in the whole team holding up the batting rather than having a uh, yeah, turn uh, yeah, over the scoreboard. I would love to. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I think last year I showed that I can do both. Yep, um, yep. But, yeah, I think if I'm going to my strengths, it's definitely – it's not, you know, hitting sixes every, every ball. It's yep. um, running hard, hitting the fours, uh, hitting into sort of different angles that other players do. So I think if I'm sticking to my strengths, then, yeah, I, I'd like to – stay in there, score runs, and let everyone else bat around me. Okay. Katie, women's sport has gone ahead in leaps and bounds in the last decade, especially women's cricket. Without prying into what you earn, are you semi-professional now or full-time cricketer? Uh, I'm still semi, so I work. I actually worked a lot this year, so I was working as a physio and then also doing an internship with the, the World Cup, the Men's World Cup this year. So I'm pretty busy off off the park. Um I think we are earning more and more money, but there's still a big discrepancy between your top earners and your bottom earners. So and there's a very big margin between. Well, you may be aware here in South Australia, uh, our cricketing trophies have been fairly lean over the last decade, decade especially on the men's side of things. So uh, we wouldn't mind uh, an extra trophy to the cabinet. So this, uh, when is it? This Tomorrow afternoon, right, you take on the Sixers at 2.55 at Karen Rolton Oval. Weird draw. Uh, then your next game is Monday. You're up against the Renegades again. Four games against two sides. Same two sides. Yeah. It's almost been like home and away games, but not quite. Um, I think it's just the way the scheduling's worked. I think obviously with Perth being in the fixtures, they're trying to make sure people aren't running to Perth and back just for one game. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just the way it's worked out. But pretty lucky we we actually get to verse them at home where they didn't really get that opportunity. Well, okay. Katie, let's hope you can reverse the result. Uh, we wish you all the very best for tomorrow. We will be watching with great interest and we'll be keeping an eye on your season too. Hopefully you can write yourself into the record books. We know 2,000 runs isn't too far away, but the fifth player ever to score 1,000 WBBL runs for the Strikers, that would be a magnificent feat. You're probably aware you're currently on 8.20. We wish you all the best. Uh, thank you very much. Good on you, K-Mac, Mac Attack and uh, K-Truck, but definitely not the Brinner. Got a nickname a, she doesn't even know she has. What a, what bad, a ripper. What a bad little uh, CV, is it? Oh, 100 matches just... in the Big Bash format.
16.66 runs, highest score of 89, and a strike rate of 100 for a player who likes to just keep herself in there. Sounds a very that, eh? responsible human, Rooch. Yeah. Uh, good chat, that one, and a, a lovely little career, as you mentioned. Five o'clock news coming up on the other side of that. We'll be joined by Nathan McAndrew. Two minutes past five on a beautiful Thursday afternoon. Hey, if you haven't tech-driven a Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive, do it now. Magnificent cars. We are live from Studio Lumo SA, and we're here thanks to our good friends at Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Before we get to our next guest route, stack of text. This is a longer one, but I'll read this one out. Uh, welcome back, Kimbo. You are sounding a lot better, hoping for a full recovery. Thank you. Very kind. I think Port Adelaide should give Josh Walker from North Melbourne a go or another big defender. I also wouldn't mind Jimmy Rowe. He does lack a bit of leg speed, but his footy IQ makes up for it. And if for nothing else, it would stir up his old man. Win-win. <laughs> also, I want to make a shout-out to uh, Cripps and Chris Davies to enter the trade period with pick eight and no second rounder and to leave with Jason Horn francis and only really give up next year's first with this year's eight is remarkable. I also have a feeling Cripps will find a way to get back into the first round next year. That's Mick from Camden. Yes, Port Adelaide did extremely yes. well at the through the trade period. Not going quite so well yesterday with the Redbacks. We're hoping it'll turn around. We spoke to this gentleman last year when he joined our great state. Nathan McAndrew joins us now. Nate, thanks for your time. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. No, our pleasure. No doubt about that at all. You you found a little bit of touch with the bat personally, but uh, collectively we just weren't good enough again. Um, no, obviously it wasn't um, wasn't an ideal week for us. We um, we thought that was a, a winnable game for us. We thought we had a, a pretty strong team out on uh, on the park and. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll ride in it after the first two days. Obviously, day three's moving day, and unfortunately, it didn't quite move in the right direction for us. Um, but yeah, well, that's just probably a, a early period on the on the day where uh, conditions sort of favoured the bowlers. Uh, a bit of rain in the morning and some overcast conditions, and yeah, Peter Siddle, obviously a world class bowler, and you know had a, a spell there that really cracked the game open. And you look back, and that's probably a match winning spell. So. Um, you know, we probably didn't uh, nail that morning, but um, sometimes you also got to tip your cap to a, a world-class yeah. bowler and, you know, admit that he was, was too good on the day. So, Nathan, how did you review the 227 for the first innings, Dick? How did, how did you conclude on that one? Um, yeah, look, I think it was maybe a little bit under par, but not, not too much, to be honest. I think Adelaide Oval, traditionally, day one, it's, it's always tough to score. Um, it's always a bit slow and tennis ball-y, so yeah. um, the scoring rate is usually quite slow. Um, and, you know, I think you never know until both sides have batted on it, um, and, and they were to get, I think it was 245 from memory off the top of my head. So mm. for them to only be, you know, 18 runs ahead of us um, in the first innings when the second day was definitely better to bat than the first, I think that was a win. I don't think we batted um, our best by any stretch. It was a great knock by Jake Lehman. Um, in the first innings to get us to that target. It wasn't very pretty, but we got there. Um, and I thought we, we fought really well with the ball to only be sort of in an 18-run deficit. So it certainly wasn't a perfect first innings, but um, it was certainly enough to the point where um, once both sides had batted um, after both first innings, we were still well and truly in the game. And Nathan, we did live crosses each day to uh, Chad Sayers, who's now part of the SEN cricket team. Uh, he spoke about the drop-in yep. pitches. How do you find them? 
Um, well, I, I don't really have much else to go off, to be honest. I never played mm. on Adelaide Oval before. It was a drop-in, so I can't really comment on, on what they used to be. They they certainly don't break up um, over the course of four days. They they are a bit tennis ball-y and grassy um, traditionally and, and offer a bit in the first innings, but then flatten out and become very good batting surfaces on day three and day four. So, um, yeah, it's, it's probably, you know, there's quite a few drop-in wickets around the country now, to be honest, and Adelaide Oval is quite unique compared to the rest of them. It's, it's got that fatchier grass and it, it plays quite um, quite differently to most other drop-ins that are traditionally just quite flat and hard mm. and, and stay that way over the course of the four days. Adelaide Oval, at least, you know, it's certainly going to be um, a bit in it for the bowlers in the first two days and it will flatten out. And it's, it can sometimes be a bit challenging to, to bowl a team out on day four. It's sometimes a bit nicer to be, um, to be chasing because it, it can flatten out. It can be easier to chase. Um, runs as opposed to take 10 wickets as long as you uh, haven't gotten too far behind in the game. And Nathan, you mix and match here because then you've got Karen Rolton where it's a yep. different deck there. It was interesting when Ben Hook was co-hosting last week or the week before, he, he's of the impression that Karen Rolton's not going to suit spinners. It's, it's, it's changed to the point it's not a spinning deck anymore. Is that the way you see it? Um, yeah, I think it depends. Uh, there was a lot of grass left on it for the first uh, first rounds. I think also just given that the climate, it's been so yeah. cold, it, it hasn't been hot enough um, to really get that that hardness in into the um, into the surface. So um, it, it certainly can break up and spin um, in games that are sort of maybe later on in the season. Once the summer sun is baking on it, it can mm. then um, dry out a lot and break up. But I think earlier on in the season, um, especially if there's a bit of grass coverage, it's it's not really ever going to be a spinner's wicket. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's again hard to know what the um, Park 25 wicket used to be like in, in years previous. But I think um, over over the times that I've played on it, it does you know get lower and slower, but it doesn't really break up to the point where it, it turns massively. Um, you know, the one game I've played on it where it turned big was the game against Queensland last year, but mm. that was because it was quite underprepared and it, and it actually divoted. Um, and so balls were sort of spinning because it was hitting a divot and, and turning out of it. Yeah. But um, traditionally, it doesn't break up too much, no. We'll move on to tomorrow's game very shortly, but it would be wrong or remiss not to mention Ben uh, Menenti. Uh, it was a very solid performance. Yeah, he, he had a, a fantastic week. Um, obviously, in a losing side, it's not ideal, but... Yeah, he's uh, he's really hit the ground running for us. He's uh, you know he's a great competitor. I've known Ben for for quite a few years now, playing him in great cricket in Sydney uh, for a number of years, um, coming through the system there. And um, you know he's just a, a very well-rounded cricketer. He bowls well, he bats well. He's he's take, took some great slips catches as we saw as well. Um, but he, he's just very competitive and he's got a great cricket brain as well. You know he really understands the game and he's. He's got great cricket instincts for someone who hasn't played a huge amount of first-class cricket. Um, so he's he's been a great addition to our group, um, and you know hopefully he can continue to play the way he's been uh, been playing because he's he's hit the ground running in in both formats for yeah, us. He was a mild sensation, uh, Nathan. Let's take a look at tomorrow's game. You take on Tasmania, a chance to get a little bit of redemption there in the Marsh One Day. Uh, early in all forms of the game, but you're sitting in third place on the ladder, one win, one loss. Uh, how do you feel you're travelling there? Do you feel you're travelling better or is it too early in the one-day game as opposed to the Shield team? Um, oh, it's obviously early in the season, so it's hard hard to tell. But I think I think we've got a very strong white ball squad. I think a lot of our batters are, are quite um, aggressive by nature sort of thing. So I think that 
that lends quite well to um, our 50 over team. Um, obviously, Henry Hunt's the you know the traditional opener up the top, but you look at the guys all the way through; they're all you know quite aggressive and look to really get the game moving. You know, your Jake Weatherall's Travis Head, Alex Carey, Jake Lehman, they're all they're all looking to to get the ball moving, and then you know myself and Ben Benenti can hopefully come in later on in the order and have a bit of a slog. So I think we. Um, I think we've got a, a pretty um, pretty dynamic white ball team, and I, I'm you know really excited about what we can achieve. I think we've got a, a really really good all round bowling lineup as well. We've got a lot of air speed, which I think is really crucial in in white ball cricket. Um, with the additions of well Wes Wes Agar being back to his best this year and being back out of the park and fit, which is a huge bonus, and Henry Thornton coming over as well. So we've got some really good air speed as well. Um, so I think we're in a, a good position with the with the white ball squad and. Um, obviously, Tassie certainly got the better of us uh, up in Queensland in the uh, earliest uh, part of the season. So hopefully, we can, yeah, turn the turn the tides and get one back on them t- tomorrow. So Nathan, which form do you enjoy most? Which gives you the greatest satisfaction? Long form cricket or the short game? Um, oh, for me, it's four day cricket. I think that's yeah. still the most um, the purest form of the game. Anyway, um, I, I've played a lot more white ball cricket, being that I debuted in the Big Bash back when I was 23, and I only debuted in Red Ball cricket last year. So yeah. I've certainly, you know, played uh, a lot more Big Bash cricket or White Ball cricket um, over my career. But for me, it's it's still Test cricket. It's still, you know, I still think the the, the Red Ball ball format is the, you know, the pinnacle of our sport. And and I, I certainly love the Big Bash. I absolutely, you know, love the energy that T20 cricket brings and and big crowds and these sorts of things. But I think, um, you know, I think for any traditional cricket fan, it, it, it is all about Red Bull cricket. Well, if someone's looking for something to do tomorrow, head down to the Adelaide Oval. The one-day game gets underway at 10am when the Redbacks take on Tasmania. Hey, you'd be looking forward to the next Shield game. It's not until October the 31st, but you're playing at North Dalton Park in Wollongong in New South Wales. You were mm. born in Wollongong. Is that right? I was, yeah, about about another half an hour south in Shell Harbour is where I grew up, but I was yeah born at Wollongong Hospital, so it's a yeah a bit of a homecoming for me actually. So I'm really really looking forward to that game, and um, yeah, it's sort of uh, funny. I haven't seen mum and dad and, and my brother and family for a while, and oh. mum and dad have actually driven down to this week to watch this game, and then huh. I'll see them again next uh, next game Wollongong. So I'll be sick of them in a couple of weeks. But, um, <laughs> no, it's, it's been good to see them, and yeah, hopefully I'll be able to. to my brother will be able to get down there with uh, the niece and nephew uh, to the game at Wollongong, which will be which will be lovely. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we get. I think Wollongong's been peppered with a lot of rain lately, yes. and there's a lot forecast yeah. for the next week. So um, at North Dalton's right by the beach, so that you know it won't be an issue of the drainage. But if the wicket's under covers for two weeks, it'll be could be a bit spicy. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But, yeah, looking forward to, to getting home for a little bit, for sure. And you've played on North Alton Park before? I have, yeah. Not for a while. Um, not not yeah. since I was about 17 years old. But, um, yeah, it's usually a, it's a pretty flat wicket, good good batting surface. So, yeah, again, not sure what that'll look like again if it's if it's been under covers for so long. But, it's um, yeah, it's a big ground, it's a big AFL field, um, quite similar probably to Karen Rolton um, in terms of dimensions. So... Um, but yeah, it's a it's a nice ground, sort of a boutiquey vibe, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully the Illawarra region gets around and, and we get a decent turnout to it. Nathan, really appreciate your time again. Uh, thank you for jumping on, and let's hope uh, we can get a couple of W's in a row in all forms of the game. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks for having me, guys. Good on you, Nathan. Uh, Nathan, he's a beauty. He speaks really well. Yes, he does.
Um, and you forget there's so many people in the same boat of him, as him that haven't been able to see family still for work reasons Correct. and the COVID restrictions. Yes. And for some, it's two and three years. So um, they've driven down, then they're back up there next week or the 31st. I'm sure he won't get sick of them. Hey, Roach, um, as of today, yeah. we don't work Fridays anymore until oh, we, we go on holidays. No, we're not in oh. tomorrow. So we normally do the Friday forecast. So yes. after Toddy Gray joins us for the racing tips, we'll be doing a Thursday forecast. Okay. You get it? Yes. The Thursday you got forecast. got music for it? No, we'll use the Friday forecast for the right. Thursday forecast, okay. all right, until we can find another Thursday song. <laughs> A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 5.19, almost done for another day. We're live from Studio Lume. Hey, just a quick update in the racing world. Uh, 2021 Melbourne Cup winner, very elegant, has been retired. Uh, she won 11 Group 1 races. She was over there racing in France. Did Things didn't go to plan there. So have a happy retirement. All right, this time every week we have a chat to Toddy Gray. Thanks to Ground Racing SA. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. The human dog, the human dog. The human dog, the human dog. The human dog, the human dog. He joins us live dog, now. How dog. are you, Toddy boy? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, lad. That stinger still gets me every week. No, I, um, uh, always good, boys. What about yourself? Yeah, yeah none of your business. Uh, right, let's jump into the tips. <laughs> I'm joking. Easy. Well, I'd have to say I've been crook for two weeks and everyone's bored to death with that. Toddy, what have you got? Have you been in good form? Rich told me you weren't. Oh, last week I did the worst thing you should do, and I went the early crow, uh, boys. Our, our, our $8 value bet last week, everyone thought it won, except the, fortunately the photo finish, and the photo finish don't lie. So we went down by a bees, you know what, last week, yeah. and um, I, I did not handle I was not subtle. I, uh, they'll never find the dummy I spat, lad. Oh, I tell you what, nothing wrong with saying bees nostril either. It's not rude. All right, you always bounce back. What's your best bet? Uh, best bet tonight, lads, race six, number one, blue bouquet. Um, I reckon she's an absolute moral to lead this race. I really like what I've been seeing over uh, the last few starts. She's been getting better and maturing very well. Um, I just think she's an absolute certainty to be in front at the halfway point. A couple of slow beginners to her outside who run a little bit wide to give her a bit of cover. And um, I just don't reckon there's anything which is going to come barging out of the pack to run her down. Love so race it, six, number one, blue bouquet. I love it. We're, we're up against the clock here. A value bet. Uh, the value bet, lads. Uh, easy one. This uh, We're going to go with race number... <clears throat> Put that down two seconds. Sorry, race eight, number two, Sentinel McLaren. He's a very hard dog to catch, but he's a very fast dog when he's on his right night. A small field drawn beautifully and no pace in this race. I reckon he jumps a lot better, runs a lot better, and he gets the cash each way all day at about eight bucks. Love your work, Toddy. Your best bet, race six, number one, Blue Bouquet. Write it down. Value bet, race eight, number two, Sentinel McLaren. For expert grain racing tips, follow at the dogs SA on Twitter or check out grain racing SA on Facebook. Have a great evening, Toddy. Will do, you too, legend. Hey, just quickly, this Saturday is the 25th birthday of the Adoption Day. It's a wonderful program, yes. Rich. You can head to Angle Park between 11am and 2pm at Angle Park. Plenty of greyhounds available for adoption, as well as stool selling dog treats. Perfect day for people thinking of adopting a greyhound. I used to have greyhounds. They are the most beautiful pets you could ever Very have. Very good. All right, Mike Dobbin and the team at Medane yes. Real Estate have just sent through their property of the week. I tell you what, this will be like reading War and Peace, Rooch. It is at Cane. Oh, no, the agent is Kane Dover. That's a very poetic name. And Pete Fallon. 
I haven't met Kane and Pete yet. And the uh, property is at 2 Cowrie Parade, Seacliff. All right, Cowrie. Take us through it, Roach, a little bit of it. What have you got? Well, it's the kind of place that where you enjoy freedom of choice and lifestyle, then you do have to go to this property. It is on the market at 2 Cowrie Parade, Seacliff. Now, this property is something special, they tell us. 1948 built, beachside manor. Sits on a massive 1146 square metres of land just four streets back from the beach, west of Brighton Road and west of the train line and zone for Brighton Secondary School. This home has two dwellings. The main house is a four-bedroom, two-bedroom and two massive living areas, functional fireplace and one of the biggest bookshelves I've ever seen. Uh, outside of the main home, there's a fully self-contained granny flat with private access and driveway, making the perfect uh, for the in-laws or an Airbnb. This could be for you and your mum, Rooch. Otherwise, uh, add it all up. And two Cowrie Parade is a five-bedroom, three-bathroom property. Outside of the home, you have the fire pit and outdoor shower from when you walk home from the Seacliff Beach. And if bigger isn't better, subject to council consent, you could split this into two blocks and build one or two homes of your dreams. Dobbo, we're going to charge you for half an hour for this ad. Properties like this on this block do not come up often, so whether you're looking for something to move into and enjoy or for an investment property for short-term rentals or a new development site, this property is not one to miss. It is at 2 Cowrie Parade Seacliff. Alright, best offers by the 7th, the 11th, 2022. A guide is 1.88 million. First open Saturday, 1.30 to 2. Have we got time, Roach? Have we got time to do our Thursday forecast? Let's see. Let's get on with it. Alright, we won't do the musical. Oh, 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 get rid of the musical play. Down we go, down we go, down we go. Alright, sure thing, Roach. Ross Lyon. For St Kilda, I like it. Uh, my sure thing, uh, we're not on Fridays anymore until we oh. go and leave on December the 1st, so we won't be here tomorrow. It'll be Andy May and Andrew Gars. Andrew Ma and Andrew Gaze. Right. Most at stake. Crows AFLW team, this game against Geelong 4v5 is going to be so critical to setting up the finals, and Adelaide must win to make sure that it stays there in the top four. Get down there, 5-10 at the only oval tomorrow. My most at stake is the Redbacks taking on Tasmania tomorrow. If we get flogged, I know it's early days. Uh, it's time to start performing. Doomsday scenario. Adelaide lose to Sydney United and the A-League. They'll be then pretty well at the foot of the ladder. And my doomsday scenario is if Australia gets knocked off in its first World Cup game, it's on Saturday against the Kiwis. Oh, no, let's not wish that upon ourselves. A little bit rushed there. Ten seconds to go. Um, have a great evening, everyone. We'll be back on Monday. Good night, everyone, and enjoy your weekend. Do root. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.